Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How Do You See Your Glass, the podcast, and also the launch of our Empower Garifuna Woman Collective project. I've been working on this project since February. It was an idea that came to me in which I really wanted to highlight the contributions and the accomplishments of Garifuna women. As a Garifuna woman myself, I know what it's like to really navigate the world um, as an indigenous and also as a Latinx woman. And I really just wanted to use this space to really highlight the amazing work that these women are doing. And so I hope that you enjoy and please, please be on the lookout for our next um, Empower Garifuna Women Collective in november and i hope that you guys do sign up and so please enjoy and again for those of you who don't know me my name is allison and if you are a first-time listener welcome i hope you enjoy the concept that i do have and if you haven't already please follow us at how do you see your glass the podcast on instagram that is hdy.syg podcast again that is hdy.syg podcast i hope you enjoy hello everyone and welcome back to how do you see your glass the podcast so today i have another special guest trina and i will allow her to introduce herself to you guys and so thank you for coming trina thank you for having me allison good morning well my name is trina my name is trina palacio i'm from belize I am a young Garifuna entrepreneur. I recently graduated from university. So I've been in Trinidad for a couple of years and now I'm back home. Wow. So are you in Trinidad? Oh, you're back home now. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Wow, you lived in Trinidad. So how was that experience? That was really interesting. Um, it's definitely different from Belize in some aspects, but it's still a Caribbean country. So there were a lot of similarities, but there were definitely some huge differences for me. And when did you move to Trinidad? Like, I'm not, like, what made your, did your parents, was that a decision your parents made or was that a decision that you decided to move to Trinidad? Well, I decided to move to Trinidad. Um, I wanted to pursue my education. I wanted a degree. And that was the most financially feasible place for me along and with my plans. Mm-hmm. It lined up perfectly. Wow, that's so cool. Garifuna in Trinidad. I've I've actually never heard of that. Wow. And so can you tell us just a little bit about like your experience in Trinidad? Um, just how was that for you? And was it in so like you did say in some ways it was similar, like as in living in Belize. So kind of what was like the differences that you saw? Okay, so basically one of the major differences between Trinidad and Belize is that they have a completely different ethnic makeup in certain regards. Mm -hmm. Belize is a multi-ethnic, multilingual country. It's very beautiful like other Caribbean countries. And Trinidad is one of the Caribbean countries that would actually be considered as multi-ethnic, but Mm -hmm. it was still very limited in comparison to Belize the ways that I grew up I grew up between Belize city and or indigenous Garifuna communities Mm -hmm. and so just not even being around Garifuna people was very odd for me it was very hard to at certain points I 
I thought about home a lot. I thought mm. about things that I would be doing. Like Garifuna Settlement Day mm. is after my birthday. Like Garifuna Settlement Day in Belize is November 19th. My birthday is October 25th. I didn't wow. even shed a tear <laughs> like for my birthday. I was like, oh, okay. I'm not yeah. around my family. That's kind of sad. But on Garifuna Settlement Day, I wanted to ball. Yeah. That's so, so cool. That my birthday is October 26th. <laughs> Oh wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so that's that really interesting. Kind of oh, I'm sorry, did you finish? No, that's fine. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I am. Yeah, like I was saying that's really interesting because I mean, at least for me, and this is like a good transition going into just like my next question for you, is because I'm very familiar with um just the Garifuna culture in terms of just like Honduras because that's where my family's from and also Guatemala but I'm not too familiar of the Garifuna culture in Belize and so I just really wanted to ask and this kind of answers the question itself because you pretty much did grow up around the Garifuna culture um but did you grow up speaking more um English Spanish or Garifuna in your household so in my household I grew up speaking more English I definitely think that the reason why is because we lived in Belize City and that would be the education capital of our country. Mm -hmm. And apart from that, like my mom is a teacher. She's an English teacher. So I think that the emphasis placed from that along with the convent that I went to school, it it was very much important that Mm -hmm. that was my quote unquote first and main language. And okay. then afterwards, some of the things I would say got lost. Oh, wow. That's that's really interesting because I feel like for a lot of us, most of our... Well, I know there's a few people who's, um they grew up speaking Garifuna. I was not one of the few. I actually grew up speaking Spanish. So it's really interesting that... I mean, when I do meet people from Belize, a lot of them do say that their first language was pretty much English. Um mm-hmm. And so, like, um, one of the things that I really wanted to kind of explore is how does Garifuna Settlement Day look like in Belize? Like, what does, like, take us through a day? (laughs) (laughs) So, Garifuna Settlement Day in Belize is awesome. It's it's my favorite day. It's my Mm -hmm. favorite holiday. I look forward to it every year from since I was a baby. And there Mm -hmm. are different... There are a lot of Garifuna communities. Um, I could probably count them out for you right now, but I don't want to embarrass myself. (laughs) But we have quite a bit of communities and each community has their own celebration. They do it differently. And my dad is from the furthest town down south. So he's from Punta Gorda. And so... In Punta Gorda, they have their own settlement day celebrations, and in Dangriga, they have their own as well. So if you're in any of the communities, the day starts off with... Are you hearing me? Sorry. Yes, I can hear you. I'm just listening. (laughs) (laughs) But the day starts off... basically shows how Garifuna people came to Belize from Honduras and from other settlement dates, mm. like settlements. So Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras. But the one that we talk about is specifically from Honduras. And yeah. there is a little story to it. You know, everybody makes a joke sometimes. And it's basically saying that two boats came to Belize. 
I'm assuming there were multiple boats, <laughs> but what they're talking about is the first set of Garifuna people that settled in Belize and how they came. So that reenactment really just takes you through the feelings, in my opinion. You wake up, you're looking forward to it, you go out and everybody and their families. And now we have other cultural groups and visitors yeah. who come to see the reenactment and you get to see how Garifuna people came to Belize there's a lot of singing dancing drums are beating everybody comes with the coconut leaves they're dancing through the streets and then we go to church right so mm. everybody would come from out of that reenactment and basically walk to church and then you have that whole mass where there is Garifuna singing, dancing in the church and all of that good stuff. It's really exciting. It's my favorite thing. Like I said, every year I look forward to it. I get to see family that sometimes I haven't seen in a while. Or kids who just learned how to dance punta, like babies who just learned how to dance jankunu. And they're so excited. Everybody's excited. And it's just a great big party. Yeah, yeah. Um. Wow. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's very similar to Henders. I mean, I actually want to actually visit Belize um, and actually go and like actually see Garifuna Salaman Day for myself. I usually watch it through YouTube. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it's really, it's really cool. Just like how similar it is, but also different at the same time. And like, even on your forum, like you indicated that, um, but something that you mentioned that stuck out to me was that you said that you mentioned something called Garifuna Duo. So can you further explain that a little bit um if you can sure um when we say Garifuna Doa in Belize like what we're describing is Garifuna lifestyle Mm. um Garifuna like Garifuna Ness if you want to say it like that so when I'm saying like yes Garifuna Doa every day like that's Mm. my life that that's how I was raised that's how I operate that's how I think as a human you know, you are socialized wherever you are. If you yeah. were, if you grew up in America, you would have an American existence, no? Mm-hmm. And if you grew up in Belize, you would have a Belizean existence and so on and so forth. But you also have your own ethnicity. So even though you're an American, you could say, oh, I'm a Garifuna girl who lives in America, yeah. like, or who was born in America. How did your parents raise you? What did you think about your community? How did you grow up? What, like, you know, all of these things, it it definitely adds to Garifuna Duo. That's what makes you different from somebody else, right? Mm. That's what makes you different from other Black, African, Indigenous cultures. How your particular intersectional experience defines you as a person. Mm. So that's Garifuna Duo. No, wow, that's that's deep because I'm actually in the process of um kind of moving past this um identification as Afro Latinx, right? And so um a lot of Garifuna people, myself included, um, have kind of pretty much identified ourselves as Afro Latinx. And at least as I explained before, is the reason I would usually and I would use it interchangeably, right? I wouldn't just say I'm Afro Latinx and not include the Garifuna part, but it was more of in my household, we pretty much just listened to like bachata, salsa, merengue. So I was very much immersed in that Latinx culture. 
And again, my first language was Spanish. And I was like, you know what? Like I, I more so identify with this, but I felt like as I got older, um, and I also became more educated on the Garifuna history and the people. And like you said, like our experiences are very different from, you know, other black people and other black ethnic groups. And so I've just like begun to really create that shift on when people are like, what are you? I'm like, I'm Garifuna. Um, <laughs> and so I'm sure you kind of have the same sentiments. Like, have you always identified as Garifuna or did you have maybe like an identity crisis like I did? <laughs> uh I find that very funny that you asked um it's interesting because I never had the identity crisis Mm -hmm. but again I live in Belize so Mm -hmm. I live in a country that everybody is very aware about my ethnic group right Mm -hmm. so that would definitely alter how I would see myself and and I would say it definitely cements certain things in me because the fact that people know about me, that that makes a world of a difference. And I know a lot of people always have things to say about like, you know, Garifuna people in the States or, or other ethnic groups when they leave their countries. But it's hard. I, I, I understood when I went to Trinidad just how hard it was to be so cemented in your identity because other people want to classify you as something else. So even if you didn't have that crisis on your own accord, you would have experienced that crisis when you left your country, you know? So for me, initially, I didn't have that problem. What Mm -hmm. I realized is that um, in Belize, for example, we do have certain ideas of what the typical this looks like. The typical mestizo person, the typical Mayan person, the typical Chinese or Asian person, the typical Garifuna woman. And sometimes I don't fit into that um, idea or I don't fit into that image that certain people would have of what a typical Garifuna girl should look like. And my family doesn't always fit into that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you would imagine, we are a mixture of African and indigenous people. So we definitely would have people who are different shades, different colors, people with different hair types and textures, eye colors, etc. And some of my family just happen to be the ones who have the little more yellow undertone from that indigenous heritage which is not as common anymore in Belize, right? Mm -hmm. Because as you continue to mix your genetics, obviously, and you're continuing to be with darker or blacker or whatever you would want to see it as people, then there will have, you know, people who are darker and then you would still have those recessive genes from your yellowness, your indigenousness, people who have softer hair, etc. And I just happen to be one of the little paler Garifuna people when I was a child and so people would want to associate that with being Creole in Belize which is more that okay you have some kind of white ancestry and I would have to explain like no I'm Garifuna and this is my these are my parents this is where I come from Mm -hmm. etc but for me my parents would always encourage me Mm -hmm. they would always make sure I knew exactly who I was they would always make sure I I knew I'm Garifuna excellence. I'm not just a Belizean girl. Mm -hmm. They would talk to me every single day when I went to school at the convent. 
and they would explain to me that I didn't have to change who I was. I didn't have to overly think about how people would view me or, yeah. or think about, you know, moving away from my culture just because I was socialized in those types of academic institutions. Yeah, that, that's really, wow. Yeah, that is so true. Um, and, you know, for the, because I want to be respectful of your time, I've really been pressing to, <laughs> to really um, kind of shift gears a little bit, but not really shifting gears because this kind of goes into it because being that you did say all of that, right? Like your parents instilling in you like that got you for not pride. And like, you know, you also, um, especially going to school, I really found that to be an important connection when you mentioned that now you do teach students, right? Um, if I'm not, you did, or you did teach students um, just about the Garifuna culture. And I think you mentioned that you, you taught students who were uh, originally were born in St. Vincent in Trinidad. So was there like a migration there too that we probably don't know about? Well, I would definitely say throughout the islands, there has continuously been a lot of migration. Oh, wow. um, people move around all the time. Mm -hmm. They always did. Garifuna people moved around too before we yeah. left St. Vincent so and would definitely be around the Grenadines and around mm -hmm. other Caribbean countries. But um, the people that I met from St. Vincent in Trinidad, they were actually students like myself. Okay. We mm -hmm. met through school. Um, we became really good friends. I flocked to them. I will not even <laughs> lie. I, I was like, oh my God, people from my motherland, I want to be your friend. <laughs> so it, it was very interesting for me um, to meet people from St. Vincent and to realize that they were very much unaware, some of them, about our personal connection, um, about what really brings me and them together where I come from and how that connects with their current life so that was very interesting for me and it was important to me that I share that with them yeah. um when migration happens it's very 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 common that people don't really know or think about what happened to the people that left right yeah, or what happened so to the people that remain so mm -hmm. just like how we would assume that St. Vincent or uh, Vincentians, they would know everything about us. That's not true. They don't know what happened when we were banished. They don't know what happened to us when we ended up in Honduras. They don't know mm -hmm. all of the history that left them, right? Mm -hmm. And just like we don't know what happened to them, the ones who remain. So it was very important for me to find out from them more of my history that I miss and to inform them of some of their history that they miss. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really important. Yeah, to so that exchange of information. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and that definitely pushed me to visit St. Vincent and see what was happening mm -hmm. and just familiarize myself more. Wow, that's amazing. I actually want to go to St. Vincent. That, that's really amazing. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, and you mentioned you have a small um, business. So I do want to hear a little bit about your small business so that we can also promote it. And I'll put that in your the description box um, once this episode does drop. And my last question to you, um, coupled with you sharing what your business is, um, is what is a piece of advice you would give to Garifuna women listening right now who probably have had or haven't had a similar experience as you? The advice 
Well, maybe I should start with the business because I want to end off on a very, very good note. Okay. But definitely as it relates to my business, it's very young. Um, we aren't doing international shipping as yet, but we plan to do so, God willing, by the end of the year. I have a very small infusions business. It's called Liseme Infusions. Liseme in Garifuna means it's very tasty. It's very nice. Semet itself is usually something talking about how food tastes and, and that the food is good. If you mm-hmm. say miseme, the food is bad. <laughs> if you say liseme, <laughs> that's like, yeah, this, this is A++++. So liseme infusions aims to allow people a little bit more additional flavor in their food. Um, you could get a liqueur. We offer various types of liqueurs. We offer three base mm-hmm. alcohol. So okay. you could get gin, you could get rum, or you could get vodka. And you could get this with either locally produced fruit in Belize, such as pineapples, oranges, pink grapefruit, and stuff like that. Or you could also get imported fruits, which would come from America, such as strawberries, blueberries, etc. As it relates to the oils, we have three base oils, canola, olive, and coconut oil. I've actually delved into making coconut oil myself, and I plan to make a lot more. I do it the way how my grandmother taught me to do it. So it is the Garifuna way that I make coconut oil. Um, of course, olive oil and canola oil is not made in the least, so those things are imported. But all of the spices that goes into our oils are locally produced in Belize, such as the rosemary, the thyme I actually grow in my yard. I grow mint in my yard. I grow things like fever grass. So all of these things, all of these good spices, black peppercorns, jalapenos, chipotles, those things are grown and produced in Belize locally. So that's what we're offering. We plan to expand as we go along but for now this is what we're doing and I am very excited about it yeah I'm excited too and and do you have an Instagram page for your business yes I do and that page would be at Lisa Me Infusions Lisa Me is L-I-S-E-M-E Infusions and you could find us on Facebook as well you could also visit our website which would be lisameinfusions.com so again, L-I-S-E-M-E-I-N-F-U-S-I-O-N-S.com. You could definitely find us there, see our offerings, see the promotions that we tend to have. We're very excited to serve everybody. And if I have to give some advice to any young Garifuna woman, and I don't mean have to as in like, you know, oh my God, this is such a task, but rather have to like, just one piece of advice and what would be the biggest thing that I have learned during my experience and my time is that you definitely need to assess Mm -hmm. yourself as an individual. Garifuna Doa is not necessarily just one typical Garifuna way of living, but rather you have to ask yourself, what makes me Garifuna? What makes me an individual? What makes me different from other people? 
And that is something that you need to keep very close to you as you continue your everyday life. Why? Simply one reason. As you continue your life, people want to put you in categories. They want to put you in brackets. They want to tell you who you are, what you do, who you do it with, all of these different things. If you don't know yourself, if you don't know where you came from, if you are not allowed to be proud and cemented in who you are, then anybody could shake you. If you know yourself, if you make sure you keep yourself educated, if you make sure you keep trying to find out more about yourself, nobody could tell you about yourself. Nobody can tell you anything that you don't know about yourself. And that is your power. Yeah. So that's definitely my biggest piece of advice to any young Garifuna woman who is out there know yourself know what makes you you know what makes you unique and utilize that power yeah wow yeah I'm, I'm taking it all in <laughs> but yes thank you so much Trina we'll definitely end with that and yes we'll talk soon Say the name, hey, 